Today is the feast of the most holy body and blood of Christ, Corpus Christi. What's the message that can be given by the church today? There are so many things that could be said, all different kinds of approaches. I choose the path that the church has chosen some specific readings for this day. In year A, they chose the readings for year A for the meaning of Corpus Christi. In year B, for the meanings of Corpus Christi. In year C, for the meanings of Corpus Christi. There are so many things in depth as to all the meanings that can come about with Corpus Christi. But I think it's important to be able to look and see what's the message I believe wanted to be transferred to you on this Corpus Christi feast. First, when we look at our first reading, why is it that the word Melchizedek comes up? And why is it that Melchizedek is also mentioned in the responsorial psalm? I think it's important to understand that Melchizedek was the first prince, priest, king. And he was the priest king that anointed and paid and anointed Abraham, showed a blessing towards Abraham, our father of the Jewish people in the Israelite nation. And what happened was he was the original priest. He was the one that was in the original God that had given to us to work with. Law of Moses changed that when, when Aaron created the Levites who were priests only. And the Levites were all the priests that existed in the Levite community, in the Jewish nation, which Jesus was a Jew and so was the culture that he was in. Jesus comes to us with a new covenant and what do they say? He's in the line of Melchizedek. He's not in the line of Aaron and the Levites. He's in the line of Melchizedek, which means that what happens to us he is going to create a sacrifice that's going to be important to us because he was both priest and king. Important to understand that in the very beginning. And what happens is his, his sacrifice is a sacrifice of bread and wine. And because of him, there was one sacrifice. Whereas in the Israelite nation, there were many sacrifices. So what happens is when Jesus comes to us, Jesus now begins to tell us about the one sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ. It's significant to understand this, and we get this meaning from the Old Testament. Let's take a look at the gospel and think a little bit about it, and bear with me a little bit. I think what happens in the gospel, we start off with understanding that Jesus, once again, is priest, king, and he is a healer. He's healing and he's curing people, and the people want to follow him, and they're eager to be with Jesus, and they want to be in Jesus' presence. And Jesus tells us, even when he's in front of Pontius Pilate, he's not here just to perform miracles, he's here to tell us the truth. That's what it's all about. And that's why there was the Sermon on the Mount that we all need to understand and go into that. He came to preach salvation. He came to preach God's love. He came to preach the new paradise. Jesus was entering actively into history at this time 
and he was going to be the new Adam that was now going to lead us to the paradise that Adam lost. Important to understand, he was the new way. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he does this, and he also does this in the symbolism of the feeding of the 12,000. That's why I think the church chooses that reading for this gospel on this day. You know, what happens is the 12 approach Jesus. And the 12 approach Jesus and they ask Jesus to dismiss the crowd. You wanna know something? It was a long day, it was a hot day, the crowd needed food. Jesus was healing and doing all the things that he did and so many of his disciples were following him and coming after him. But the apostles weren't there yet. And what happened was they wanted to do a human solution. Send them away. Let them go and go their different ways. But that's not the way of Jesus Christ. The way of Jesus Christ is a much more positive way. The way of Jesus Christ is the one that takes care of people. The disciples didn't realize and didn't have faith enough right there at that particular moment of the feeding of the 5,000 to have faith in Jesus Christ. They lost it for a minute. They didn't understand what was going on. They couldn't put it all together. And Jesus decides that he's going to toy with them, my interpretation. Feed them yourselves. Go out and feed them. You got five fish and two. Well, feed them yourselves. And once again, he realizes that he needs to take control. So he says, be seated. Be, we'll group them into groups of 50. What's happening is God is calling them to faith. Isn't that the same thing he does to us when we go to human solutions? That we need to also be called to our faith and we need to realize that Jesus Christ is the one with the answers. God is the one with the answers. He has the power. When we are in our weakness, in our weakest times, and think about when we're in our weakest times, when we're being insulted or we go through hardships or we're suffering persecution or constraints and all the things that take place, do we then in those particular times in our life when tough things happen, man, I went to that funeral on Friday and saw the teacher's wife that passed away at Hannon High and I saw the grieving that was taking place in that family did they all understand the truthful need that they needed to go in faith to understand what was going on and what was taking place? We need to do that. And I believe that Michael, the husband, did that in his belief. I also think it's important in this reading that comes to us in the gospel that Jesus specifically now, when he takes control, what he does is he takes five loaves and two fish. I'm gonna sort of make the story short. I'm taking too long already. But what he does is he looks to heaven. He says the blessing over them. He broke them and he gave them to his disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied and 12 wicker baskets were left over. Man, think about Father in just a minute at the Eucharistic prayer and what he does into feeding us and what an example that is. It's that beautiful revealing abundance of life-giving grace 
that's being given to us and given to them so that we can have the strength to meet our challenges within our life. And you know what's important to understand too? He didn't do it by himself. He asked the 12 to pass them out. Just like he asked you and I, don't be bystanders in our faith. Get involved in your faith. Do the things that you have to do. The Eucharist is necessary. And as human beings, we need to be able to bring Christ to all. We need to feed the 5,000. And what's the symbolism, I believe, of the 12 baskets? The abundance that God gives to us in life and the grace. He gives us so much. It's still there, and there's so much going on and so much taking place. John Paul II reminds each and every one of us to celebrate this Eucharist, the beautiful Eucharist that we have. Think about Father when he's there. He receives the Lord. He breaks the bread. He has the cup. He gives thanks. He takes it and shares it with us. He takes the blood, and it's a new covenant, and it proclaims the death of our Lord Jesus Christ for each and every one of us. You know, at that last Holy Thursday night, which took place, remember, that was so important that Jesus took his two key apostles, Peter and John, and sent them to prepare that meal. Just like we have to prepare for this meal when we come here at this church. And when he did the meal at the Last Supper, he took the opportunity and the time to be able to let us know that this is his body and this is his real blood. And we need to be able to make sure we understand that this is the everlasting covenant and we need to take and eat. So important. It's so important that John Paul II tells each and every one of us, and in 1200, years 1200, they created the Feast of Corpus Christi so you could leave the church with the joy of the Eucharist you just received and process throughout the neighborhood so that you can let everyone know in that procession what the Eucharist means to you and the thanksgiving that you give for that particular Eucharist. It's, hard, it's important to understand all these things and how they all come together. This is a great feast and a great celebration. Father reminded me at the very beginning to make sure I tell all of you all that our Catholic bishops of the United States Catholic Conference said that today the Feast of Corpus Christi begins the celebration again of the years of the Eucharist for 2022 to 2024. It's important to understand the Eucharist is not just here, but it's also in that Adoration Chapel. It's in that procession. And we need to take the opportunity to realize how this Eucharist refreshes us and gets all of us in the proper journey towards our eternal life. The Feast of Joy with Christi, the Feast of Corpus Christi is a joyful celebration and the gift of the Eucharist is there. Learn to be able to go through and study and read and go through scripture and be able to understand the meanings of this salvific mission that we have for human beings. That's what's important to understand for all human beings. 
And if you want another interpretation, please go to your bulletin and read Father Daniel's corner on Corpus Christi. It's important to be able to keep ourselves up and aware and understand all these things that are necessary to celebrate the Eucharist and to celebrate our Catholicity and our Christianity.